Flyers Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, here we go. Brand new Flyers Daily for the 8th of February, 2023. Flyers will be back in action tomorrow night as they will get uh, underway once again against the Edmonton Oilers. Game two of this four-game homestand in the final 30 games of the 2022-23 season. It'll be Connor McDavid. It'll be Leon Dreisaitl. It'll be the high-powered offense and the unbelievable 32% clicking power play of the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow night. The rogue, or the homestand, rather, will continue Saturday against Nashville. 12.30 puck drop on Saturday, and then a 1 o'clock puck drop on Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, against the Seattle Kraken before the Flyers will head out for four on the road. Uh, Thursday, the 16th against Seattle in Seattle, 10 p.m., some Flyers after dark action. And then Saturday night, 10 p.m., the 18th in Vancouver. Monday, the 20th, a 4 o'clock game for President's Day, and the Flyers will wrap up that road trip with a back-to-back. It'll be Calgary on that Monday, and then Tuesday in Edmonton, 9 o'clock against the Edmonton Oilers before returning home for their next Eastern Conference division or Eastern Conference matchup, which will be against Montreal. So the next seven games all against the West, and then the Flyers come home to take on Montreal. Then they'll get the New Jersey Devils, the New York Rangers, and some other Eastern Conference opponents throughout the month of February. But in this episode, let's take on a couple of Flyers listener emails, because I think that uh, with another day before the next game, it's always fun to kind of check in with the people. What are they thinking? And we get this first one from Drew. Emailed me at jason.mertitus, M-Y-R-T-E-T-U-S, at gmail.com. He said, hey, Jason, I'm Drew from the Philly area, but I've been a Flyers fan my whole life due to the military. I've been living in Texas for the past five years. He said, I listen to your pod first thing in the morning, every morning, and I, if I miss, I always make sure I catch up. Well, thank you for that, Drew. He said, something I read about a couple years back in an interview with Jonathan Taves was changing the schedule to an MLB-style setup. He said, teams playing a series against an opponent instead of one game and then moving on to the next. He said, I can't remember all the details of the article, but Taves listed many benefits of it, including less overall travel, which will lead to less stress and healthier players. Less travel means less money spent for each team and the NHL. And it even mentions lowering the league's carbon footprint. He said, to that, I would say a series would create awesome storylines for rivals and or top competitors battling it out multiple nights to best the other when position for standings matters the most. It also would serve to show teams how they would really stack up against other teams in a potential seven-game playoff series. He said, maybe you can extrapolate more on it, but here's what I think it could look like for an 82-game season, the new number the NHL um, reportedly wants to move to. He said, in division play each of those teams in a three-game series twice a season for a total of 48 games. So in your division, there's seven other opponents. Seven times three is 21. Uh, And then, see, it wouldn't be a total of 48 games. It would actually be less than that because you're one of the eight teams. So you play the seven teams six times. That would be 42 total games. In conference, play each team in the other division, so the Atlantic Division for the Flyers, in a two-game series once a season, plus four games spread out for a total of 20 games. And out of conference, play each team in a single game once a season for a total of 16. Now, that doesn't give you the option to play one home, one away against each of the other opponents out of conference. And I think that's where there'll be a little bit of a snag here because, you know, they want Connor McDavid to always 
go to New York, being on a Western Conference team. They want Connor McDavid, you know, playing for Edmonton, to always go to Tampa or Montreal or Toronto because those teams aren't in the division. So I think that's a snag right there in in your plan. I like what you're thinking. As far as the MLB-type setup, you know, Major League Baseball goes in, and they play every day of the week basically anyway because they play 162 games. But they go to New York, They you know, the Phillies will play the Mets for three or four. They'll go to Tampa and play the Rays for three and then go from Tampa to Atlanta and six days in a row have six games and three in each city. I, I don't love that idea. I get the carbon footprint part of it, and it would be less travel for players. But, you know, it, w- it works in some situations, but the situations that it works on for a team like in the Metropolitan Division like the Flyers, there's not much travel to begin with. So you're going to New Jersey where they take a bus, or you're going to New York where you take the train, or D.C. where you take the train. So for the Flyers, it doesn't benefit them from a travel standpoint a lot. But for teams like Dallas or Arizona or the teams on the West Coast or Winnipeg, it could benefit them quite a bit. And I think less travel does keep the body healthier. And if you can go into a city and knock out two games in the same city, two road games, that could be beneficial for players. And does that health of the players and the lack of travel then lead to a better product on the ice, better hockey. And I think what your point you're getting to for Drew is that it can create a little bit of scar tissue. Anytime you t- face a team two games in a row, that second game's got a little potential for some nasty. And I think the game needs a little more nasty. I do. I think that's storyline. Storyline doesn't travel game to game or doesn't travel you know, against certain opponents like it used to. For example, when Ty Domi played for the Maple Leafs, you always knew when Ty Domi was coming to town. You wanted to be at that game because it was a spectacle. Yeah, it had a little WWE-ish feel to it, but there was that element of a player to hate, to rally around as a fan base and hate. You could respect him, and I respected Ty Domi. But there was always going to be Barnaby, same thing when he played for Buffalo, you know, or even Pittsburgh. You know, you get that with great players like Crosby, but it lacks a little bit of that storyline these days. And Drew finishes up and says, personally, I think this would foster better rivalries, better play, healthier players, and the league would save money, all which would lead to more interest for current and future fans of the game. I love the pod and can't wait to hear what you think. Sincerely. Drew. Drew, thanks for the note. I appreciate it. Thanks for your service, too, by the way, which is uh, first and foremost, the most important element of anything that you said to me in that email. I appreciate your service. Um, So you look, this 84-game schedule, I don't like the fact that the Flyers went to New York to take on the Rangers earlier this season. They don't go back. You know, geography is a big part of rivalry in sports. It just is. You know, if your team is from New York in Philadelphia, we don't like any New York teams. I don't like the Giants. I hate the Mets. I don't like the Knicks. I don't like the Rangers. I don't like the Islanders. Why? Because they're from New York, and they're geographically co- close. Pittsburgh's a little different. They're not necessarily geographically co- close. It's a cross-state rival, and they're a team that you know has elements of Good rivalry with 
you know, Crosby and some of the theatrics that took place early in his career. But a big element of rivalry is geography to me. Always has been. I've always considered the Eagles' biggest rival, not for me, not to be the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people do. And that's because, you know, of the Cowboy fans in the area that are from Philadelphia, which a lot of people don't think makes any sense, myself included. But I always thought the bigger rival for the Eagles was the Giants because it's New York. Let's get to uh, one more email here. This one comes uh, from... This one comes from Joseph. He says, hey, Jason, thanks for filling the past week with interesting conversation about the Flyers in the NHL. It really made the week much more tolerable. He said, first, I want to say I think the NHL would should, should either make the All-Star game something worth watching or just get rid of it entirely and give all teams a one-week midseason break. What makes sports entertaining and worth investing one's time in is when athletes give all they have to win a competition and when players aren't passionate aren't passionate or not playing for anything, the product is poor and as a fan is nothing compelling to watch. I found this year's All-Star Game unwatchable and turned it off within 30 minutes. NHL either figure it out to make this game worth playing for or just get rid of it. I don't disagree with you. The problem is, is it's a big thing for the big sponsors and it's a big thing for the local market where it's held. They've tried to incentivize players to with money to make the game worth winning. But these are players with a lot of money already, especially all-stars usually are on pretty big contracts. So it's hard to incentivize them that way. I don't think they'll get rid of it um, because of the sponsor element of it too. It's a spectacle. It's one of the tentpole uh, events in the NHL season. And I agree, the product's not great. So it's just something that I, generally speaking, don't have a whole lot of interest in. I like hockey when the guys are willing to do whatever it takes to have the lead when that scoreboard hits zero. Um, Joseph also says, to the rule changes you discussed on your 2-5 podcast, uh, he said, I'm 100% aligned with you in regards to the OT and shootout. I never had a problem with ties. Obviously, in the playoffs, you play until there's a winner. But for the regular season, if the game is tied at the end of regulation, give each team a point and move on to the next game. However, if, if OT stays 3-on-3, three three, here's what I would do. And I'm always interested in this, Joseph, because this you're bringing solutions to the podcast. And I love that. He said, keep the teams on the same side of the ice. They finish the game so their benches are closer and they can make player changes easier. Two, if the possessing team carries the puck from their attacking zone back across the red line, that is a violation similar to a backcourt violation in basketball. They lose possession and the opposing team gets the puck at their own goal line. Three, make the OT up to 10 minutes and if no team wins, each team gets one point. This means once and for all, we kill the shootout. I agree. Uh, Number four, he said the team that wins in regulation gets three points in the standings. Number five, the team that wins in OT gets two points in the standings, so there is at least some incentive to win in regulation. And then his last point he wants to make is on John Tortorella. And he says, finally, I think Torts has done a fantastic job coaching this team this season, and I will go as far as to say that this may be Torts' best coaching of his career. He said, think about it. Torts walked into what was clearly a fractured locker room that lacked structure, discipline, and confidence after the past two seasons, plus Torts had to deal with several injuries to key players. But here we are, 
half a season later and clearly Torts is getting the most out of this roster while significantly progressing the development of several young players, including Cates, Tippett, Frost, and York, while revitalizing the games of several veterans, including Risto, TK, and Hayes. He says, if you wanted Bedard, then Torts was not the right hire for the Flyers. But if you acknowledge that this franchise needed to rebuild their identity and foundation, then Torts has proven to be an excellent hire. He said, I still want the Flyers to pick in the top 10 of this draft so that they can get a potential top-end center. And if they do, I would consider this season to be a resounding success. That's a really interesting last paragraph. I think Torts has done a great job. I think he's, for the people that thought Torts was a dinosaur because he's been coaching for so long and wasn't a guy that has evolved as a coach, I think through his press conferences and his explaining and transparency that we see that he is a very evolved coach, number one. And he has done something that, like Joseph pointed out here, that's really difficult. He's gotten structure, discipline, and confidence back, developed some young players to this point. None of these guys are finished products in Tippett, Cates, Frost, and York. And he's also gotten, as he said, revitalized revitalizing several players, including Risto, TK, and Hayes. Yeah, that's really interesting to be able to accomplish both of those things this season. If you can accomplish both of those things this season, when it's all done after 82, that's one hell of a job. Now, I know that there's some people that said he's not the right coach because they needed to lose to get Connor Bedard and have a better chance to get Connor Bedard. I know. But put that aside for a second. If you can put that element aside, and look, Bedard's going to be great. Fantastic player. Generational. If you can put that aside and look at just the job that Torts has done, it's been amazing. Now, I know the letter went out two days ago from Torts to the fan base, the season ticket holders. And, you know, he said a lot of things in there about getting the team on the right path. He said, I'm not going to lie. We're not there yet. There's still more work to be done. And, I know a lot of people go, we need the organization to communicate with us. And then Torts sent out that letter, and people said, well, it's not the front office, so it doesn't mean anything. Well, Torts had sent out a letter to the season ticket holders before the season when he was hired. This was kind of a follow-up to that. So, you know, if that letter went out to season ticket holders like it did, Everybody in the organization signed off on it. So the message in that letter is consistent with what everybody thinks. Because no element of that letter would have gone out to season ticket holders and public if it wasn't signed off on by everybody in hockey operations and business operations for that matter. So keep that in mind. All right, that's going to put a wrap on this episode of Flyers Daily. Coming up tomorrow, we'll preview Flyers and Oilers, and we will talk to you tomorrow on a Thursday edition, brand new edition of Flyers Dale. Wake me when the day breaks. Show me how the sun shines. Tell me about your heartache. Who could be so unkind?